This is Fufara, where the little things are a big deal. Coming at you from our rooms, I mean studios, in Seattle and Dallas. We're your hosts and lifestyle gurus, Maddie and Tara. Hello, Fufar fans. I'm Tara. I'm Maddie. And welcome to our fourth episode, I think, of season two. Today is a very special, important occasion because today is Juneteenth. And to commemorate this very special day, I will read a statement from a website and I'll post the link on our show notes after this episode is complete about the holiday, which is very historically significant. Juneteenth is the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery in the United States. Dating back to 1865, it was on June 19th that the Union soldiers, led by Major General Gordon Granger, landed at Galveston, Texas, with news that the war had ended and that the enslaved were now free. Note that this was two and a half years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, which had become official January 1st, 1863. The Emancipation Proclamation had little impact on the Texans due to the minimal number of Union troops to enforce the new executive order. However, with the surrender of General Lee in April of 1865 and the arrival of General Granger's regiment, the forces were finally strong enough to influence and overcome the resistance. Later attempts to explain this two-and-a-half-year delay in the receipt of this important news have yielded several versions that have been handed down through the years. Often told is the story of a messenger who was actually murdered on his way to Texas with the news of freedom. Another is that the news was deliberately withheld by the enslavers to maintain the labor force on the plantations. And still another is that the federal troops actually waited for the slave owners to reap the benefits of one last cotton harvest before going to Texas to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation, all of which or none of these versions could be true. Certainly, for some, President Lincoln's authority over the rebellious states was in question. Whatever the reasons, conditions in Texas remained status quo well beyond what was statutory. Juneteenth today celebrates African-American freedom and achievement while encouraging continuous self-development and respect for all cultures. As it takes on a more national, symbolic, and even global perspective, the events of 1865 in Texas are not forgotten. For all of the roots tie back to this fertile soil from which a national day of pride is growing. The future of Juneteenth looks bright as the number of cities and states creating Juneteenth committees continues to increase. Respect and appreciation for all of our differences grow out of exposure and working together. Getting involved in supporting Juneteenth celebrations creates new bonds of friendship and understanding among us. This indeed brightens our future, and that is the spirit of Juneteenth. So that is a lovely description of the holiday, and I will make sure I paste the link in the show notes so you can all access even more information about this very significant date. And with that, we transition to our episode. Yes, our episode, which has nothing to do with it, but our next topic is uh, is conspiracy theories, because you know, we're living in a conspiracy theory with this pandemic, basically. Every day there's new ones. So I'll start us off with one that is hits close to home. I am from Seattle, and this one's about Bigfoot. And Washington State has the most recorded 
Bigfoot sightings in wow. the country. Uh, fun fact, I didn't know this till today, but I'm going to be using it as my new fun fact. There have been 2,032 Bigfoot sightings in Washington State. 2,032 crazy people in our state, Tara, is also <laughs> how you can interpret that. And, and uh, I'm going to read a little excerpt. So it says that the original 19, there were 1958, so that's the year that these footprints were found. And it was actually a prank. And the guy who said, hey, look, I found these footprints died in 2002. And then after that, so we kept it secret for how many years is that? Whoa. Is that 42 years? 44 years. Oh yes. my God, math, you guys. Math is not. It's it. in the 40s. That's all you it's need. It's in to the know. 40s. A lot of years, you guys. He kept the <laughs> secret. And then after his death, they were like, oh, those footprints that we made that we showed everybody and we said it was Bigfoot. It's not Bigfoot. It's a joke, which I hope didn't come as a shock to people. But wow. Yeah. So do you believe in Bigfoot, Tara? Okay. Um, 2032 sightings. 2032. Well, you said that there are some crazy people in Seattle. I prefer <laughs> yes, the term I prefer the term misunderstood. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. I am a big believer, as you all know, in Monsters Incorporated, and I still believe that there is a dimension of nice furry freaky friends that are that just haven't found us humans yet. Mm-hmm. And So I Monsters be- Inc. is a documentary. Exactly. Okay. It's, um, maybe it has a conspiracy. Oh, a conspiracy and a conspiracy. Uh-huh. So many okay. layers here. Exactly. But the monsters that were banished from the Monsters Incorporated world mm-hmm. might have ended up on Earth. So this includes the abominable snowman, the Loch Ness okay. monster, and, of course, the one, the only Bigfoot. And what I have to say is that I'm open to any possibility, any research, anything that can be found regarding Bigfoot, because I just don't want to immediately discount things before mm-hmm. I've actually seen them. Did so, you ever see uh, Finding Book Bigfoot, that TV show? I heard about it. I heard they did not really actually find anything. But... Well, every episode they would find, air quotes, something, uh, some sort of sound or some sort of footprint or something. So I don't know. Um, could also be some TV magic going on there. I'm not a huge believer, if you couldn't tell, but you know, I saw that and I was like, "Hey, something cool in Washington for once." You know, <laughs> something that might... actually, yeah, distinguishes us. Well, he might be out there. We don't know. Can you imagine if he chose Washington? He chose our state. Your you know? state is very special. Yes, that would be pretty cool. That might. <laughs> you know, up some coolness for me. I was talking to somebody who just moved here, and they said that Washington got three out of ten stars <laughs> from it. What? Really? You yeah, can rate he didn't states? Like it very much. Yeah, wow. he rated states. Um, but maybe if I told him this, then it would move up a couple stars. So yeah. I'm just very proud of him. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm not sure. Well, in Texas. No, sorry. Yeah, are there any sightings in Texas? (laughs) No. Uh, Of course, you do see a lot of strange things in Uh Texas. Mostly the things I've seen are poor animals who are run over by cars at the side of the road. So a lot of things that I've seen ended up as roadkill. 
But apart from that, there the closest thing I can share with you is that mm-hmm. there is Area 51, which is in New Mexico, I think. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty recent because there was a whole movement and it was a very laughable movement, I might add, <laughs> called They Can't Stop All of Us, right? Hashtag They Can't Stop All of Us Storming yeah. Area 51 <laughs> because <laughs> they thought that it was an FBI training facility that was confidentially holding aliens for research and study. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether to confirm or deny what the existence Well, there's got to be aliens out there. There has to be. I think that's a fact. There has to be. Because there's no way that universe is so big. And there's no way there's just like, oh, just Earth, like, got some sentient beans on it like no way like what are the odds of that i what if there's some parallel universe astronomical yeah right what if it's like some parallel universe and there's people who look like just like us but they like have wings just like something like slightly different (laughs) you're confirming my monsters incorporated theory exactly like there's just literally limitless possibilities but like that's my point is like there's literally so many possibilities for what aliens could look like and how they could grow and how they could function. But like, what are the odds that there are just none? Like there's no, there's no odds. Like I refuse to believe it. If that makes any sense. No, I believe it. Um, that there is, there are forms of life out there because uh, again, just to echo what you said, it's so big. And I think to deny the idea that something out there exists would to it would be to alienate the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I do think there yeah. are significant. Yeah, life no, forms. there just has to be in my mind. Yeah, some like, of them might even just, be among us. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. I met some weird people. <laughs> I might have evidence. Yeah. yeah. All right, another another conspiracy theory, and we're just there's you could have like an hour on each of these, you know, but we're trying to like hit as many as we can. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the Loch Ness monster, so I'm gonna read you the story of this. So in 1889, Captain James Kerr and his 100 passengers aboard a steamboat reported seeing a 30 to 40 foot long creature in Flathead Lake. As of July 2018, there have been 109 sightings of the foreign creature. So not quite as many as Bigfoot, but, you know, respectable. Mm-hmm. And you know that big, that um, historic photo, right? Yes. Of, like, the supposed Loch Ness Monster, yeah. Yeah. So you never know. Wasn't that this supposed feels... to be a hoax, though? Wasn't it, like, plywood the picture? drifting? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the picture was a hoax. But... Okay, if you had to say, is Bigfoot more plausible, are aliens versus aliens versus Loch Ness Monster, what's your ranking? Most Ali- plausible, so least fo- plausible. Aliens, number one. Okay. Loch Ness Monster, number two. Yeah, yeah. And then Bigfoot, number three. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. Because to me, it's like, if there's some weird, some weird looking thing, some really, really weird big fish in the water. Mm-hmm that looks like a monster. I mean, we used to have stuff that looked like that. 
in the dinosaur, like in the prehistoric age. So like there's a precedent for that. Exactly. And I don't know all the stuff in the water. Like I would think there's probably a lot out there that we don't know because it's just so big. The ocean Mm -hmm. is huge. Yeah. And as you said before, like maybe somehow in a Jurassic Parkian way, the fossils of those prehistoric reptiles or organisms, whatnot, maybe a thunderbolt struck it and the fossil, the DNA from the fossil Mm -hmm. mixed with the water chemicals to produce, I don't know, a new generation of these of these creatures, that's a very far-fetched theory, but I think the science, the science supports it. At least my science does. <laughs> your science. <laughs> exactly, your science supports it. Um, I have another one, unless you have another one. No, no, go ahead. Um, I'm on, like, a list, by the way, guys, of, like, 35 in a row. I'm not just, like, <laughs> coming up with these um, <laughs> out of my head. I'm not that good, um, but... Just the issue of the mattress firm conspiracy. Have you heard of this before? I have not. Can I sleep soundly after this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nothing's wrong with the mattresses themselves. But people are saying that there's just so many mattress firms around so close to each other that it's a a money laundering scheme. Because there's – and isn't this true? Like, I've literally been to places where it's like mattress firm – to the le- on the left street, and then you look over, and there's another mattress firm, and then two miles down the road, there's another mattress firm. There's so many mattress firms. You're right. There's Wait. so many. You're so, you're so right. Oh my like, gosh. There's so there many. There are too many. There are too many mattress <laughs> firms. There's a lot. I mean, I'm looking at, and then, then I see on this, on this site that I the theory got debunked. So I'm going to look at the evidence because to me, it's like, yeah, it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically they like looked and saw if it was true that there were so many mattress firms. Oh, they're saying it doesn't cost like mattress stores don't cost a lot of money to run. So they're saying that's one reason why there's just so many. Mm-hmm. And then because everyone's like, lying down on the job. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. Just, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, how how often do you go to like buy a mattress? Why are there so many mattress stores? Like, you go to buy like I have never bought a mattress in my life. Isn't there a thing called mattress surfing? Is that the same as buying mattresses on a spree? No, that- ma- mattress surfing is where it's like couch surfing. Is that what you mean? What is couch surfing? Couch surfing is like if you go to like your friend's house. And you you stay at stay on their couch, oh, for like a, a night. Okay, or two. please don't look or, up mattress or, or surfing. Or mattress surfing might be a bit more <laughs> adult. Surfing. Yeah. No, no, Moving it's on. not like that. It's like it's like you're like leech. You're like being a leech, basically. Oh, so it's you're. It's um, like, hey, buddy, I got nowhere yeah. to sleep. Like, I'm gonna I'm couch surfing uh-huh. here for a while. Oh, wow, an impolite nice. house guest. Yeah, okay. And that's kind of the connotation with it, but it's like if your house is under construction, like, oh, I'm going to go couch surf, go from one house to the next, mm-hmm. not pay rent, uh-huh. while having a place to sleep. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Very, the more you know. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm trying to find more, ev- more debunking. Did you hear 
about the mystery that, or I guess the ghost story, that there are a lot of ghost stories in Williamsburg, Virginia, by the way, Mm -hmm. but this one also hits very close to home for us, because as students of William and Mary, we should be aware of all the hauntings and paranormal activity that goes in our school. Right. It's our responsibility. Exactly. So... (laughs) I think two miles from campus, Mm -hmm. there's that historical living history museum. Mm -hmm. And there, of course, there are a lot of old antiquated buildings along that one stretch of road. And one of those buildings is called the Peyton Randolph House. And you can look this up. It looks ominous. Is it in Colonial Williamsburg? I think think you've shown it to me before. Yes. Yeah. It is. Okay. Okay. And... It's painted red. It has really dark windows that you can't see inside of. It's very ominous and foreboding, kind of, Mm -hmm. on the outside. And it was owned by some historically significant figure. I think he was, oh gosh, governor of Virginia at some point. (laughs) That's what they all seem to be. (laughs) They're all governor or whatever. But Mm -hmm. the story goes that if you visit the house, and the house is haunted, If you visit the house late at night and you knock on the front door, you're supposed Mm -hmm. to, and nobody lives in the house anymore, it's completely vacant, you're supposed to hear three knocks back from the other side. Ooh, I like it. And uh, my friends and I went there to see if if the myth was true or if the story was true, and we knocked and I could have sworn that I kind of heard something creeping on the other side of the door. Wait, when we get back, we have to do that. We have to do this. I don't know. I'll report back if I heard anything. I'm not sure if it was just my active imagination. I don't know if it was adrenaline, but I, I swore I could have heard something. Ooh, that is creepy. Mm-hmm. So we'll leave you with that. Immortal knowledge. Ooh. So if you're ever willing to Undead knowledge. Then yeah. check out the house and be, be prepared to get a knock Haunted. back. Oh, yes. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Ooh. That should be the, um, like, slogan of that. Exactly. House. And yeah. nobody, nobody responds. That's... Yeah. That's the key. Well, I hope this very special episode of Fufara has educated you on some of mm-hmm. the historically questionable landmarks in the USA. And I'm excited to announce that this is not all of the conspiracy that you'll be getting for now. No. We actually are continuing it with our very special guest, mm-hmm. Kelsey, next episode. And she knows much more than we do about this. Mm-hmm. Somebody who is an expert, we're going to be talking about the theory about the Denver International Airport, and she is a, we have a residential, residential, resident expert, something like, resident professional (laughs) on this topic, so we're really going to dive into it, and Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe Tara and I will find ones that we're really going to research and really take a deep dive in, because today we kind of covered some surface ones, Mm -hmm. but maybe, maybe we'll dive a little deeper. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be problem solvers, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, exactly. We're going to solve the case. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Bye, Foofer fans. Bye. Hiya. 
Thanks for listening to our podcast, Foo For All. Our listeners' input is so essential to our show, kind of like dairy. Unless, of course, you are vegan or lactose intolerant. Um, on second thought, that was a bad example. Anywho, please email us your ideas, your thoughts, your foofara to foofara.theworld at gmail.com. By the way, for copyright purposes, the name of the catchy tune we use in our intro is called Mouthful of Diamonds by Fantagram.